From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplug Roundtable Discussion email edition for March 12th, 2009. From Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, Kathy Whirling, Teresa Eccles, Walter Eccles, Kevin Close, and John Magi. We're going to take your emails and your voicemails this week, as we do every week, but first I'll go through the usual spiel. If you would like to send us an email, the address is podcast at wdwinfo.com or you can fill out the feedback form on our show notes page podcast.wdwinfo.com if you'd like to give us a call in the United States, Canada and Mexico toll free 1-877-310-9662 the local direct number 407-574-5093 toll free in the United Kingdom 0808-120-2316 and toll-free down under in Australia, 1-800-774-531. If we play your voicemail or read your email on the show, you will get your choice of a Diz Unplugged t-shirt or pin and lanyard. And at the end of every month, we select one person at random whose email or voicemail we played on the show. And that person gets to pick a number. It corresponds to one of 50 numbers here on our Prismatron. And... Uh, there are some great prizes in there waiting to be won. Speaking of prizes, there's a great deal of speculation as to when you're going to give away the Disneyland trip that you mentioned. We are going to give it away on the next Disneyland show next week. I will be taking a name at random from our mailing list, which you can also sign up for at uh, podcast.wdwinfo.com. I'll be drawing a name at random from that list, and that person is going to win a Six-day, five-night resort magic package at Disneyland. Do they know they have to take Teresa? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) On the package. So, you know, we have a lot of good prizes in the prize, Matron, folks. We have a seven-day, six-night Magic Your Way package to Disney World that includes dining for a family of four. We have another one of those Disneyland vacations to give away that I just mentioned, as well as some other cool stuff. So that's one way to get your name Get your, get your shot at the prize Matron. Send us an email or a voicemail that can get played on the show. So with that out of the way, we're going to get ahead and get started. Our first voicemail comes to us from Joe, who has a question about uh, the water parks for people with disabilities. So here's Joe. Hello, podcast crew. This is Joe Ruhawk from Pekin, Illinois. I first have to apologize because I meant to call you guys a few weeks ago, but my phone broke and I've been really sick and I am just now starting to feel normal again. I first want to thank you guys very much for all your discussion about handicapped people at Disney World. I myself have cerebral palsy, and it is nice to know that there are people out there that understand what you go through when you're disabled trying to get around Disney World. Actually, my question I have for you guys is somewhat related to that. I am going to Disney World in May on my honeymoon, and we are going to be there for a week. I want to go to the water parks, and I was wondering if there are any slides or anything like that they would not let me do. The one thing I would hate is to climb up all the stairs to get to a water slide only to be told by a cast member that they were not going to let me get down the slide. That has happened to me before at a couple water parks, and I would like to try to avoid that as much as possible. Um, Thank you guys for all that you do. Goodbye. 
Well, thank you very much for calling in, Joe. Um, now, Kevin, you had some information on this. I do. I actually called to ask about this for Joe. Uh, first of all, there is a special guidebook for anyone with um, a handicap or a disability. If they would like to pick one up, it's available at all the theme parks. I was told it was available at the water parks and also at guest services at downtown Disney. And there is a special section devoted to the water parks. I'm also told that there would be a cast member lifeguard at the bottom of the line and at the top of the line. The person I spoke to, <coughs> excuse me, was concerned, A, that you were able to swim. Now, this would be true of anyone, handicapped, dis- disabled, whatever, or um, someone who, anybody who wanted to use the slide. You have to be able to swim for some of them. Uh, there are some slides where they recommend that you lay face down on a mat on your belly. Uh, the person wanted question wanted me to answer questions about the person I was speaking about, about their certain abilities. Not being able to do that, you're going to have to make a decision after looking at the ride if it's something you're able to uh, – that will, you think you'd be able to do or not. But no, no one should be – no one would be allowed to walk up to the top of the slide and then be denied access. I believe at the moment Typhoon Lagoon is closed for refurbishment. And I when did Joe say he was coming? May. 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 All right. Um, so I think that will be open by then. Yeah. But there are some of the slides specifically at Blizzard Beach that are quite steep. There's the um, Summit Plummet. Summit Plummet. And again, it would be based on what you think your abilities are. Other than that, no, there are no... There are no barriers as long as you can make it to the top of the slide and you feel that you would be comfortable on the way down. The one thing they were completely concerned about was your safety. Right. And that's what they will be concerned about. So it's a good idea, as Kevin mentioned, get the guidebook, but also uh, go ahead and ask one of the lifeguards. Uh, They'll tell you before you make the trek up the mountain, so to speak, uh, if it's something that 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 you should do or if it's something you should avoid. So... Um, we hope that helps, and we hope you have a great honeymoon. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. All right, who has an email they'd like to read? I do. Kevin. I love this one. Okay. This has been around for a while. Oh, you're going to steal mine. I know it. Uh, hi, podcast team. My name is Allison, and I'm an avid listener to the podcast. I was just wondering if Walt was really frozen before his expected death, or is that just a rumor? <laughs> Thanks for the help. Allison. You, you've, never, you've never smelled that smell going through sleep, uh, <laughs> Cinderella Castle? Walt um, passed away and was cremated and is buried in Forest Lawn. He's not frozen. He might have been chilly before he died. I don't know. But um, no, Walt is not frozen. Walt is not buried anywhere in Florida or Disneyland Park. He is uh, buried in Forest Lawn. You can actually visit his grave. He was frozen before he was cremated. He was (laughs) (laughs) freeze-dried. And (laughs) vacuum-packed. Like bacon. And they accidentally made coffee out of him. Allison, that rumor's been around for quite a while. There's a couple That's why Disney coffee tastes so nasty. (laughs) Speaking of that, guess what we forgot? Oh, yeah, we forgot your press. We got your French press. Oh. Sorry. Would have really come in handy on the other I tried to get it to you, you know. I actually yeah. Uh, well, I, I didn't get it until like late the night before the cruise. So right. well, that's when we got it. We got it the night before you left. But I thought you could have swung by if you wanted it. <laughs> There's a lot of rumors going around about him being just head being kept somewhere. And no, they're going to tap into his brain. None of that's true. We'd all like to think that there's a possibility that Walt would be back, but unfortunately, like everyone, Walt 
has passed away. Yeah. We're all going to someday. Eventually. So, cute question, though. Who maybe else? He, maybe he's in the archives. You know, the, the place? <laughs> Never mind. What, dried up like a little voodoo doll or what? You'd have to pay extra to see that Is one. that part of what we're getting paying the $75 yeah. for? There he is. All right, who else has an email they'd like to read? I have one. It says, hi, guys. The first two installment of the cruise, cruise information have been great. I know there's more information to come, and maybe you will already cover my questions, but just in case, here they are. One, what is considered, what is considered evening attire? Does my husband have to have a jacket every d- evening? Two, what is the approximate cost of drinks and beer? Three, will photographers on the boat take my picture with, their cam- with my camera like they do in the parks? And four, breakfast in dining rooms or buffets? She said, I'm so excited we can't wait. Only eight weeks to go. Uh, let me well, fill this one. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and talk about dining attire. Okay. Oh, please. I, I please, by all means. <laughs> by all means, Walter, talk about a proper attire for the... For the uh, let me preface it with, they say a smart man learns from his own mistakes, a wise man learns from someone else's. We took a last-minute cruise, and I don't know what I was thinking. I didn't... I spent the entire cruise saying to me, is this your first time on this ship? Were you not sitting at the table two weeks ago when we had the discussion I only about one, what to wear? I only brought one dress shirt. I was <gasps> mortified. Oh, I don't know what I was thinking. He showed up in the dining rooms in T-shirt, jeans, and sneakers. I felt so out of place. I, it was horrible. It wasn't that little shirt with the cut-off sleeves, was it? No. <laughs> no, I thank had, God. No, I, I would, I would not have let him go. I would have made him stay in the stateroom and order room service. Which probably would have been better than what we served at dinner, but um, oh, I was like, oh, I, I wanted, I just wanted I just to, get, I, I wanted I to get didn't. the banjo out. Now, see, on my last cruise, that is <laughs> pretty <laughs> much how everybody dressed. So tell me, they didn't dress like that. There no. was a few people, but not very many. Okay. The vast majority of people, and I was very self-conscious. Proper attire for gentlemen in the dining room. It does. You don't have to wear a jacket. No. It should be a collared shirt, pair of slacks, and comfortable shoes is appropriate. Um, flip-flops, shorts. I mean, people do it. Well, how about women? Y'all are always talking about the man. I'll tell you the truth, though. I think, for the except for that minor minority, I think women instinctively know how to dress. A nice dress or a pants. I did not see or, any woman in any of the dining right. rooms that was not dressed appropriately. Hmm. I, I did. Um, it was a family so it can with be a lot like, of small kids. She just had jeans and T-shirt, but I don't think she cared. So it can be like a... A skirt with a yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, a skirt with a shirt or a pants. There is a very vocal group on the Diz who are Nazis about what is and isn't appropriate. I'm one of them. Disney has put out just why I wanted to beat him. Jeans are allowed in the dining room. Disney changed that policy. They may be allowed, you will, but feel- it really. Isn't appropriate. However, I, think, I, also, would not do I think there's levels of jeans too. Mm-hmm. You, you can't show up in your ratty old torn jeans. If they jeans. have a bib, <clears throat> it's inappropriate. You know, bib overalls are never acceptable. You need slacks and a button-down shirt. Really, that's preferable. Really, uh, you just you know. A pair last, of, last time I went, it was like they were all dressed for going to Walmart or something. No, not this time. These people like. What to do dress you wear, up. Kathy? You wear a dress or what? Oh, I have a Pants. whole formal wear and. Do you? <laughs> Dress? They no, do like, like to get dressed up. So. Like a nice pair of pants and a nice shirt. And yeah. I do actually wear a dress. Because I am kind of worried about this, the way y'all keep talking Don't about it. Don't worry about it. You'll be yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. Business casual. Kelvin, on the other hand. business casual, you'll be good. You're going to have to make I sure. He, he can dress up a okay. notch, but I guess. First of all, jeans are heavy. And you're going to the Caribbean. Right. It's too warm. Hot and humid. However, 
if you're looking to follow Disney's dress code, jeans are allowed. They, they are allowed. They're not going to turn you away for wearing jeans. You will feel out of place, though. You will. Because most people are dressed more, dressed up a little this bit more. This goes for kids, too, right? Uh, kids, uh, you got a lot most more leeway with them, kids. Most of them. You got a lot more leeway with kids. Yeah. Ma- kids. I can find Max some really skinny little dress pants like he likes to wear. And- uh, with the women's clothes that he usually wears? <laughs> no. <laughs> now, if you're going to Palo, a jacket's recommended, but you don't have to have It's one. not required, but uh, you know, almost everybody there was. I mean, we weren't wearing jackets to Palo. Um, but I was wearing like a really nice shirt, nice nice pants. A lot nice of guys showed up in suits. Most men were in suits. Yeah. On the seven night cruise, there's going to be a, a semi formal night. So people on the semi formal night will dress anywhere from formal to formal meaning tuxedo, tuxedo, really down to a regular like right off the Titanic, huh? Yeah, that kind of a you can even rent tuxedos on the cruise if you cool. want. To do that. That's not semi formal night. That's formal night, right? Well, so I'm talking about there's semi-formal night where people do that range, and then there's formal night, which is formal attire. Again, you're not going to be turned away from the dining room for wearing jeans. But my my whole point is is you know I'm the most casual person you ever wanted to meet. But I was brought up that you know there's times that you need to dress up or look a little bit nicer. You're on a cruise, you know it's it's not going to kill you to you know. You'll feel far more comfortable if you just bring a nice nice dress shirt, nice mm-hmm. slacks. It's you don't need a jacket. You don't need a suit. Right. You can do those in polo, but jeans and a T-shirt, I, I felt horrible. Yeah, I, I saw people with sweatshirts, and I just think well, you need to... It didn't help that I was berating him the entire cruise for it. But you looked really nice in the pictures on Facebook. See, I agree with John. I, I, I agree with John. There's levels to jeans. Right, and you can wear a pair, a nice pair of jeans, and a pair of nice shoes, and a dress shirt, and look very sharp. That would have been be fine okay. if that's what he does. And I, <laughs> yes, but I'm talking about everybody. I'm not talking specifically about Walter. Well, he is. This lady asked about needing a jacket. As long as you are dressed appropriately, I think you'll be fine. And appropriately is a really wide range, but Disney's restrictions say no shorts, no flip-flops, n- no clothing with inappropriate writing on it, and no tank tops on men. Those are the rules. Yeah. And as long as you follow that, I think you'll be fine. If you're comfortable in what you're wearing, it's neat and clean and presentable, I think you're going to be okay. As far as the cost of drinks... They're very expensive. Yeah, mm-hmm. my my virgin pina coladas were five dollars right. a piece. As I say, I think for anywhere from five to nine dollars. Glasses of wine were nine dollars a yeah. glass. My big my beer mug, that was like four eighty nine or something like that. But then if I got a regular bottle, that was like five eighteen or something. It was cheaper to have the big beer the beer mug. the refillable beer mug that you yeah. pay f- how much for sixteen. I got like seven. I'm going to bring my own next time. Just hide it, bring it <laughs> on. Controversy alert. <laughs> oh, yeah, really. Oh, never mind. <laughs> but in any event, any event it's really going to – it's expensive. Drinks are expensive. It's just the way it's going to be. And we mentioned this before. The gratuity is automatically added to any drink order you make. So be wary of that before you tip them again. Yeah. And again, you're going to have to put that on your key to the, to the room. Key to the world card. Key to the world card for your room. Key to the room card. <laughs> uh, will the photographers take uh, pictures with her camera? Yes. Uh, yes. I don't know. Yes, they will. Okay. We saw ask, them doing that a lot on the ship. Ask mm-hmm. nicely. Can you please take a picture? And they'll be more than happy to help you out. Breakfast. Do the dining room. We did yeah. the buffet, and it it was 
subpar. Yeah. Yeah, we were not happy with breakfast. Okay, and also, okay, if you have a three-year-old and it's taking her 12 minutes to pick up two marshmallows, you might want to help her out. <laughs> oh. You guys had trouble in the buffet line, didn't you? Know, you? Know, well, you know what? Like I said, you know, people become functionally illiterate when be they get onto a buffet line. And they have no conscious. They're not conscious at all of the people behind them. You know, we all want to eat breakfast, and you know, I'm I'm glad you think it's cute that your kid is, you know, taking 15 minutes to pick out a couple of marshmallows, as Walter said. Those behind you don't find it amusing. No, he said, well, you can't rush a masterpiece. Yeah, you can. Yeah, I can. <laughs> oh, Let me geez. kick you out of my way. Yes, you can. It was no. Does it was. Parents back said to, that. Yeah, yeah. You can't rush. A he looks. Like, can't rush a masterpiece. I'm, I just smiled. <laughs> I just smiled in my head. I'm going. Oh yeah, you can. But you know, you don't want to be. You don't want to be a jerk on the cruise. So you. We, we didn't like the it breakfast at the buffet. Here's it, a, a hint. Get behind Pete at the. Buffet. You don't get in front of people. Don't get in front of people. <laughs> well, it wasn't just the kid. It was the mother, too. She was yeah. a real challenged in picking, picking out bacon. You know, it's there are forceps there. You take the forceps, you grab the bacon, you put it on your plate next. Fork challenged. <laughs> the forceps? Yeah, you know, the things. I think they're called tongs. 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 Forceps, tongs, whatever. Scalpel. Yeah, I'm going to go to breakfast with Pete. Really? That's very delivery room. It is. Forceps. Tongs, whatever. Pick up the damn bacon and move on. <laughs> no, because you can't get them wobbly pieces of bacon. You got to push them out of the way. No, you can she do that was quick, like, though. she was like, it's, you have to see it to believe it. I should have had, I should have had the video camera and been taping it because no one would believe how stupid this woman was trying to pick out bacon. It was crazy. It's like, come on, are you? Never mind. I think a lot of the problem, too, with the buffet is people get overwhelmed at the choice. I think if they had fewer choices. If you get overwhelmed by that buffet, you need to get out of the house more, okay? It's a buffet. It's a freaking buffet, okay? If that overwhelms you, if that is too difficult for you, if your mind melts down at the thought of, of more than three or four selections of food in one place at one time, there's something wrong with you. And you shouldn't leave the house. I'm going to weigh in on breakfast. You can also get room service. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Teresa loves her room service. I do. I'm just. I'm, I'm Teresa, you can get room service you. 24 hours a day. Oh, my God. Can I get breakfast at no. in the afternoon? No. Oh. No, you're limited to choices during different parts of and the day. And after like 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock at night, your, your, your selection drops off dramatically. Okay. There's still stuff. But I won't be in line with Pete, so I won't have to worry about. Or what you do is you get up and you make the person in your stateroom with you go up to the buffet and get your breakfast and bring it back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Teresa, honey, you can pretty much do anything you want as long as you're not breaking the law. The food options are uh, unlimited, Teresa. Okay. But don't wear ratty jeans. Okay, got it. Just don't wear ratty jeans. Or anything with a bib. I think we answer all all of her questions. (laughs) All right. Thank you for that. And uh, staying on... uh, on point with questions about DCL, we have Shauna from Wasilla, Alaska, with questions about a Disney Cruise Line vacation. So here is Shauna. Good afternoon, podcast team. This is Shauna from Wasilla, Alaska. Um, I'm just calling with a couple questions about cruising. Um, my family and I have never cruised before, and um, while we've taken many trips to Walt Disney World in the last few years, We've decided to try to do something different. My husband isn't a big Disney fan, and so I'm hoping to get him on a cruise instead of do the theme parks. 
And so I just had a couple questions. We've never been on any type of cruise. And um, I was hoping, you know, it's a long flight from Alaska. So I was thinking maybe a seven-day cruise would be better than a four. Um, obviously, there's a big price difference there. So I was kind of wanting your opinion as to whether you thought a four-day cruise would give you a, a good taste of what there is to be offered by the Disney Cruise Line or whether, you know, for the money, it'd be better just to save up and do a seven-day. And um, if you pick the seven-day, which itinerary um, would you suggest? I know you said sometimes that you obviously don't like Nassau, and, but I don't know the um, stops for the seven-day. But um, if you could answer that question, I'd appreciate it. And also, I have kind of a silly question. Being from Alaska, we're kind of sensitive to the heat. Um, we've been down there in May. It was probably the hottest month we've been there. We usually try to go October or November. Our last trip was in December of last year, and it was wonderful. So my question is, if you're on a cruise ship in summer, because my oldest daughter is now in high school, so it's getting really hard to take them out of school, which we usually do. But um, if you go onto, onto a cruise ship in the dead of summer, is it as blazing hot as it is in Orlando during that time? Um I was thinking maybe the ocean would cool it down a little bit, you know, but I'm not sure. So I thought I'd ask you guys. And also, how do they um, air condition the inside of the boat? Do you walk around and it's really, really hot still, or do they keep it nice and cool? Um, it may seem like a strange question, but I thought we were all going to die in May. So I'd really hate to get on a ship and find out that we were roasting even inside. So um, that's pretty much all my questions I've got. Um We've just started listening to the podcast about six months ago, and I'm addicted. I've listened to about a year and a half worth of podcasts uh, recently while commuting, and I tell you, I really love them. So hopefully you can answer these questions. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, thank you very much for uh, calling in, Shauna. We appreciate it. Um, Shauna can see <coughs> Russia from her house. <laughs> I knew that. I knew somebody was going to say something. She's from Wasilla. No politics. Um, well, to answer your questions, uh, choosing between a four and a seven night, yeah, you know, especially if you were, uh, it's tough to say because you're first time cruisers. So, you know, cruising isn't for everybody. M most people like it, but not everybody does. So, you know, we usually tell first timers, you know, try the three or the four day first just to kind of get ex your, ex your exposure to it. You know, seven days is a long time if you don't like something. Um, you know, somebody's not comfortable being on 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 the on the sea like that or if uh you know the ocean happens to be rough during your cruise and you're getting tossed around a little bit you know that may not be enjoyable but uh i i will tell you you know coming off the four-day cruise today i was wishing it was a seven uh you're traveling that far you're on the plane that long do at least the seven night cruise and you're, if your husband's not a huge disney fan if he's not one of the disney geeks a seven-day cruise, you're not overwhelmed with Disney. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the other thing to keep in mind, too, that you know, if you do decide to do a four-day, um, I would certainly encourage you to do a, a, an add-on uh, of you know staying somewhere at a hotel for a few days and kind of experiencing Disney World. Um, if you're going to do that, uh, we certainly recommend that you do the land portion of your trip in the beginning. Uh, it really is kind of disappointing when you're used to being on the cruise ship and the food's, you know, you know, apparently free, even though it's all built into the price. You can eat what you want as much as you want. And then you go to Disney World and you're paying for your food. 
um, it's a little bit of a culture shock after being on the cruise. So we usually recommend to people you do the land portion first and then you do the, uh, uh, the, the cruise. As far as temperatures in May, you should be all right. It does. That is the beginning of humid season in Florida and in the Caribbean, for that matter. And I have been on the ship when the humidity was high, and it can be a little uncomfortable out on deck. I and will you're tell getting you. closer to the equator. However, I find, though, once you get out to sea, the, the humidity drops so much it, can, it feels yeah. better. It, it usually can. Yeah, but when you're in port, yes. it's a little different. Uh, as far as inside the common areas of the uh, of the ship, yeah, you can pretty much hang meat. It's cold. Um, they keep it's it cold. cold. Yeah. They keep it real cold. So, And if you're getting homesick, you can stand next to the ice sculpture. <laughs> no? Shauna, if you're coming, even in the middle of the summer, I would suggest that everybody have a sweater or a sweatshirt with them. There are places on the ship that are unbelievably cold. Yeah. I've talked about it before, the movie theater on the Disney ships. I, it must be in the air conditioner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, She also asked about which itinerary we would recommend. Um, the seven-night cruise is the alternate, has two alternate itineraries, an eastern and a western Caribbean. And I would say take a look at the ports of call and see which ones intrigue you Let me more. ask you something, because this was a surprise to me. I didn't realize that St. Croix and Tortola are now options on the on the uh, the eastern. What they've done is they've, they've taken, uh, I'm going to get this wrong, but it's like every third or fourth cruise will switch between those two ports of call as the extra port of call. Okay. So... Kathy, can you think of your topic and how it works out? No, I haven't figured out what the rhyme and reason is. Right. I don't think like a regular Eastern. It's a, then it's a Saint Croix. Then it's a Saint. Uh, then it's a Tortola. Then it goes back. to I don't New- think it's as regimented as you think. I think it's a little more random. Is it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, they are adding those two ports. Right. So take a look at the ports of call. What what intrigues you the most? I think and for us, we like the Eastern. The Eastern definitely. Yeah. Um, the Western Caribbean is going to be Key West. Uh, Grand Cayman and Cozumel. Um, Key West is okay. Um, Grand Cayman, you've seen one Caribbean island, you've seen them all. And Cozumel, you know, if you've never been there, these are, these are cool experiences. And you can do some really neat shore excursions. Again, these are two places, Grand Cayman and Cozumel, I would strongly recommend doing shore excursions as opposed to just getting off the ship and wandering around. They're too aggressive at Cozumel. Cozumel. They become very aggressive. Cozumel, they will touch you. Cozumel, they will, hey, Mr. Mr., buy my stuff. Oh, if you don't like that, don't go to Jamaica. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much anywhere in the Caribbean. Um, on the Eastern Caribbean, St. Martin has really come up a few notches. St. Martin and St. Thomas both really, really good for per- for buying jewelry, um, things like that. Some really good deals can be found there. And I find both those islands, especially St. Martin or St. Thomas, uh, what I like about St. Thomas is the option of going out to St. John. St. John is an island off the coast. It's about a 25, 30-minute ferry ride from St. Thomas to St. John. And St. John was actually owned by one of the Rockefellers. I forgot which one it was. And it was willed. He willed it to the United States government under the provision that 80% of it never be developed. So it's a U.S. national park. It is pristine in its in its beauty as some of the most gorgeous beaches in the world. And again, it's a U.S. national park, so it's you know being maintained, it's being protected, and it's probably my favorite place in the Caribbean. St. Thomas is also the most 
the most Americanized stop. Because it's a protectorate, yeah. Right. I mean, it's the most – it is the most Americanized port you'll go to. They have, like, Americanized roads. Right. And uh, although in St. John, taking one of those little taxis out to the beach and you're – because they ride they, – their steering wheel is on the left, but they drive on the left side of the road. So – it's like their steering wheel is where it belongs, but they're driving on the wrong side of the road. And going out to the beach, they're driving along these cliffs. Where, and the, uh, sometimes these, these, these taxis you're in are flatbed or, or, uh, or, or pickup trucks with this seating apparatus like bolted onto the back of it. And it's like wide open on the side. And you can like look down this cliff and like, oh, dear God, I'm going to die. And they're like ripping around these curves doing 100 miles an hour. And it's... A little nerve wracking, but um, it's gorgeous, gorgeous country, and uh, you know. So I, I, I would definitely say my preference is certainly the eastern. Um, although being able to go out, be, doing the uh, the western, and going to Cozumel, and doing one of the um, uh, one of the shore excursions to the ruins, the the Aztec ruins, can be pretty cool. That was nice uh, as well. But per- my personal preference is uh, do the eastern. So, hope that answers your question, Shauna, and hope you have a great cruise vacation. Who has another email they'd like to read? I'll read one. It's from Terry Lucas. In 2007, we came to Disney World and saw Tinkerbell fly. In 2008, we came and we didn't see her fly. We are coming in April and want to plan on coming a night when she will fly. Can you please tell me what nights this happens? As far as I know, it's every night that wishes occurs, but it's dependent on the weather. Correct. Yes, that's correct. So if it's like an ugly night, if there's you know storms in the area, Tinkerbell's not going to fly. Yeah, if there's a, even a slight possibility that a bolt of lightning is going to nail her while she's right. flying down that wire. No one wants to see a crispy fairy. No. <laughs> Tinkerbell also doesn't fly during special fireworks. So if you go on the um, Halloween night, those fireworks, you won't see Tinkerbell flying. I'm looking at she says she's coming in April, so there's nothing there's nothing special in April, right? The Easter fireworks. <laughs> okay. You just made that up, right? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, our next voicemail comes to us from Sue in Philly, who has questions about the Flower and Garden Festival and nightlife around Walt Disney World. So here is Sue. Hi there, this is Laura Keats. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Um, this is Sue, and I am calling to ask you a few couple questions. My girlfriend and I just found out that we... Sue is apparently calling from inside a cave. Well, is, like... is Bin Laden in there with you? I think, did she just have a rim shot after her joke? <laughs> she did. Oh, man, they're getting sophisticated, aren't they? And go to um, Walt Disney World for the Flower and Garden Show. We're going the last week of March... Um, and I didn't really realize the Flower and Garden Show was there, as I'm not an avid gardener. Um, I feed my plant leftover Diet Coke all the time. <laughs> but um, I wondered if there were any special tips. Is this something really exciting and not to be missed, or is this just, you know, some overblown hype? Because um, you never know with Disney. Uh, so I don't want to miss anything exciting if it's fantabulous, but if it's not really worth ex- doing anything differently than my normal Epcot touring plan, then that would be great to know. Um, 
And keep in mind that we're not really gardeners at all. Brown thumbs. Also, I had another question for you. Now that um, Pleasure Island is closed, um, we were looking at going over for the evening to Jelly Rolls, which is the dueling piano bar. And I can't find out a lot of information about it. Um, and I've never even heard anyone really talk about it. Uh, has anybody been? Is it fun? Is it lame? Uh, you know, we just want to have a few drinks and hang out in a more adult atmosphere in the evening. Um, and I'm sure that's not the only place to do it, but that sounded like fun to us. We were big fans of the Adventurers Club, and now that's gone. So we thought this might be fun. So is it something that's going to make us happy? Or is it a big thud? Uh, and your thoughts on that. Thanks for everything you do. It was so exciting to find the podcast and know that I wasn't the only crazy Disney fan out there. And um, I appreciate all of your insight and help with these questions. Well, thank you very much for calling, Sue. That uh, was very cute with your little sound effects there. Um, Epcot Flower and Garden, absolutely not hype. It's beautiful. I don't care whether you're – I'm not a gardener either. But it's absolutely beautiful. And it even doesn't if, really change what you do. I mean, you just walk around like you're normally right. going just to. Just be more aware. You yeah. just see all the mm-hmm. beautiful flowers, topiaries, and stuff like that. And Don't, I think like the butterfly garden is a great thing oh, to, to walk through. I think they're mm. going to have a butterfly greenhouse this time. Oh, John loves or, that. Yeah, the yeah the. Screened ha- room. Yeah, I haven't yeah. been in that before. Oh, that that's awesome. It's worth Why it. don't they just make a mosquito net that I can walk through? <laughs> <laughs> the last time we were in there, this, one of the cast members picked up a butterfly that had been stepped on. And she kept trying to lay it on John's arm and saying, do you want to talk to it before it goes? <laughs> oh, Lord. And John just walked through at about 70 miles an hour and says, I'll meet you on the other side. <laughs> I tried to get it to go into the light, but it was a bug zapper. <laughs> <laughs> go to Flower and Garden Show. The park looks beautiful, but unless it's you're interested in one of those second string gardeners, just keep walking. Second string gardeners. <laughs> is there a first string? There is, yes, apparently. there is. There is. And over in China, I asked that same question: Is there an A? Is there an A list? Because they were talking about the B list. Oh, like, sure. And they've had the A list there a few of the years, but not not this year. But in China, they have a a dragon made out of bromeliads that like looks like he's breathing fire, and they, that hasn't been there for a couple of years. But it's back this year. It's just neat to walk by and watch the fire breathing dragon. Well, they have the ostriches made out of uh, bromeliads too. Mm-hmm. So you need to allow more time at Epcot this time mm-hmm. of year. Just right. be aware. Yeah. It, it, you, there's nothing special that you have to do. As you walk into the park, you'll notice that the park looks but beautiful. But if you're with a guy that likes plants, it'll be there a while. You'll be she feeds a plant Diet Coke. Well, Keep walking. She's Keep not walking. going with Kelvin. She'll have, she'll have a good time. Yeah, and they even have like the floating gardens and the lakes. It's oh, just, yeah. it, if you want to take some nice pictures, there's lots of things to take pictures of at Epcot when that's going on. You can also yeah. buy overpriced gardening doodads while you're mm-hmm. there. Cool. True. Yeah, there's plenty of that. What was your second question? Jelly rolls. About jelly rolls. Jelly rolls is a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of dizzers love jelly rolls. It's a popular hangout. Um, I don't think it's lame. Uh, it's dueling pianos. And they're usually really talented uh, guys that are that are behind the pianos, good singers. And they're, they're great at uh, interacting with the audience. You know, you may get dragged up on stage and embarrassed, but... Uh, Beyond that, you know, I, I, I've been there once. I really enjoyed it. I know people that go there religiously. A lot of people that go there religiously. It's got a great following. 
And hasn't it gone non-smoking? Yes, it is non-smoking. It used to be people's complaints were that it was a smoking place, but now it's not. Well, yeah, nothing in Florida is smoking now, hardly. Not inside. Well, there's a bigger push right now. There's there's people trying to make Florida smoke-free. Cool. Mike, what do you mean? You can't smoke outside either? Only outside. Outside the... There are places like bars State now where lines. you can still smoke and things like that, and they're trying to make everything smoke-free. Got to go to Georgia to smoke. I don't mind going outside to smoke. I really don't. I mind being outside and being told you can't smoke. That's kind of ridiculous. But, you know, you know, it is what it is. But, uh, no, I think Jelly Roll, I think you'll really enjoy Jelly Rolls. I think it's a, it's a, good, it's a fun time. At least check it out, see if you like it. Why don't you do a review for us? Why don't you? <laughs> what are you waiting for? Really? <laughs> Did I say it in my movie star voice? <laughs> no, you said it like she was fat and lazy. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you do a damn review for us? <laughs> really? Got so many questions, Miss Question Lady. <laughs> With your little noisemaker. <laughs> All your little noisemakers, go do a review. She's not going to listen anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Sue. Who else has an email they'd like to read? I have one. Mine is from TVEP Fox in Albany, New York. <gasps> I'm from there. Excellent. Is that a TV station? I don't know. <laughs> I tried to spell it out and see if it was TVEP Fox. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. No, no. It's, it's what she does. It's her job. She's a TV gym teacher? TV executive producer for Fox. Oh. You thought she was a transvestite, Kevin? Well, I thought it was TVPE, and I thought she was a television gym teacher. (laughs) Transvestite gym teacher. Uh, Castaway rumor is true, John. I heard you talk about Disney inviting weather people to to stay on Castaway Key. It's true. I was contacted in August. I just wanted to read this because it confirms my superiority. Oh, okay. <laughs> that I was true. A while ago, I reported that we had heard a rumor that a bunch of weather people had been asked to do something on Castaway Key. We don't know what. Some kind of promotion, we can only assume, where they would stay on the island. So I just think it's cool that we have confirmation that something's going to happen. Keep an eye out for it. As John sings the I Was Right song. I was right, and you were wrong. <laughs> you so. I'm going to sing Tell the I Was so. Right song. What did you say? Told you so. Told you so. <laughs> All right, our next voicemail comes to us from our friend Jay Darling out in California, who has a tip for those who are visiting Disneyland. So here's Jay. Hey, Disney Unplugged podcast team. This is Jay Darling giving you a call again from Southern California in Disneyland. Actually, I'm in DCA today, and I just wanted to pass along a little tip. I'm actually here at Rope Drop uh, waiting in the Toy Story Midway Mania queue, but I noticed on my way here that Thorn Over California was open, even though the park isn't officially open. I'm not sure how long it stays open, you know, how early it opens before the rest of the park. Um, but it looked like it was pretty much a walk-on. So that may be the best time for people to catch an attraction that usually you have to wait in a decent-sized line for, even if you're in the single riders. I uh, hope you guys have a great day and great podcast. Well, thanks very much, Chad. I didn't realize that when uh, we were out there that uh, Soren was open before everything else. I didn't either. Because there's always an hour wait to get on. Were you at Rope Drop? Soren? Never. Then how would you know? <laughs> Someone should have told me. Someone should have reported back to me. But uh, thank you very much for calling in with that, Jay. We appreciate it. Who has an email? Teresa. I do. 
Dear Diz Team, just wanted to send a big thank you for your great Disneyland videos. I got to get some porno music on the prize for trial when she starts talking. Dear Diz Team. Really? You're going to Give me a caramel. She talks fine. You put her on the microphone and all of a sudden she's Bridget Bardell. Hi, Diz Team. Hi, Diz Team. Maybe you can borrow Deepak's Spider-Man music. He can come fix your copy. This is the way I always talk. Y'all know that. Yeah, like that. Right there. This is the way I always talk. Okay. Let me read it to you. Dear Dance Team. (laughs) Just wanted to send a big thank you for your great Disneyland videos online. Now I'm going to go back to my regular voice. (laughs) That was your regular voice. Her radio voice. You're just trying to turn that guy on from England. (laughs) Shout out to Reed. Okay. We are 18 days from a short four-day Disneyland trip to celebrate our one-year domestic partnership and our sixth year together as a couple. As a warm-up for our trip, we watched your fantastic video streaming to our 61-inch high-def TV via our PlayStation 3. Wow. You go, boy. I know. All we kept saying was how much we love Pete's new camera. (laughs) Keep up the good work. Love your podcast and love your videos. Thank you, Anthony and Joshua, Portland, Oregon. No questions, just that's really pat, cool. Pat you on the back, Pete. Cool. Appreciate that. Pete um, puts a lot of work in his videos. Well, it's and I'll tell you something. You know, you really have to see how they look coming right out of the camera. You think they look good streaming off of YouTube or from Motion Box? That's nothing. Um, this camera has an HDMI connector built into it. So you can literally plug it right into a high-def television and see your video like true high-definition 1080i. It's they have a 61-inch TV. I know. I know that's impressive. <laughs> Size does <Yeah>. matter. <laughs> For televisions, oh, it most certainly does. I've just got no place I can put a 61-inch television, unfortunately. But yours is what, Walter? 52? 52. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's got a big one. <laughs> I have a t- I have TV envy. <laughs> Boy, this show has just gone downhill so fast. I drive a big truck so people will think my TV's bigger than it is. <laughs> oh, oh no! Editing nightmare. Editing nightmare. Come on, leave all this. <laughs> Editing nightmare. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh my! <laughs> it's like being back in the bathroom in eighth grade. All right. Well, thank you for that, Teresa. Where'd you go to school? <laughs> All right. Our last voicemail this week comes to us from Rich O, who has a review of the new online check-in process at Walt Disney World. So here is Rich. Hello, Diz Unplugged team. This is Rich O, WDW owner on the boards, calling you live from Walt Disney World. I'm in the Magic Kingdom. I'm actually calling you from the Bob Varley Memorial Pathway between Toontown and Tomorrowland. I'm sure many, many a naps have been had back here by Bob. Uh, give you a quick review of uh, online check-in. Uh, seven days before my trip, I went to DisneyWorld.com, clicked on My Reservations, and logged in with my account that I have for Walt Disney World. Uh, 
I put in my uh, reservation number. Uh, the reservation came up. They asked me a number of different questions, address, and things like that. Confirmed that they, those were all okay. Uh, I came up about preferences since I'm staying at uh, movies. Uh, if I wanted a preferred room or not, or uh, any other uh, specific uh, request I had allowed me to type it in. Uh, I asked to confirm the credit card that I'd be using. That's the same one that I made the reservations for. I went out through that. In the middle of the page down uh, from the top, there is a terms of service uh, scroll down within the page itself. Uh, you have to go through that terms of service because down in the bottom of that terms of service, there's a little check mark to see that you at least browse through the terms of service and click that, and then you can click on um, confirm or agree, and you are checked in online waiting for you. I got to the movies on Monday morning. There was a special line or area for online check-in. Um, bad part about it, it seemed as so new, the bad part about it was um, they were busy, so normal people, reservations were walking up and they were pulling them over and checking people in. If that didn't happen, I would have been able to check in within five minutes. They had my packet ready. They had my room key ready. Uh, they handed me the packet and everything. Uh, found me a room that was available at 10 o'clock in the morning. And like I said, within five minutes, I was out the door on my way to my room. It was pretty, uh, pretty painless, um, and it would have gone quicker. The waiting would have been quicker if uh, they weren't checking in normal people in the online check-in. So... I think once more people do that, they won't have that many people there, and within five minutes, you're gone. You do miss the talking to the cast members and anything going through with the pamphlet, signs, or questions or such. And that's the Royal Disney jumping out at such a scene. Um, I am saying at the movies, the room is a nice room. Uh, it does need uh, some of the furniture starting to look old in there. Are they electrocuting people? He's being abducted by aliens, I think. He said he's at the where the train is venting off its extra steam. Oh, okay. I couldn't figure he's out. I it was the exorcist or something. Yeah, really. wiping down and cleaning, that would be much better. Um, thank you very much, and keep up the good work, and I'll talk to you later. Bye. Wow. <laughs> well, thank you for that, for that, Rich. I was wondering how that whole process was working. Uh, for the online check-ins. I was really glad you called in with that review. We appreciate it. We've gotten a lot of feedback from clients who are really happy about the I think it's a great idea. You know, this is where where Disney's Internet attention should be right now, not D23, but, you know, doing stuff like this, stuff that actually makes the experience better. Or making any of their existing websites work? Amen. Mm -hmm. Well, let's... uh where they have improved one thing tremendously, they've destroyed something else. Their advanced dining reservation system is a complete nightmare. Oh, have they released that? Well, it's not online yet, but there's a component for now when you call in to make your ADRs. Kathy, have you called in yet? No, thankfully I haven't. But the, the other agents, agents have. are reporting they're online for hours. Mm-hmm. To make simple reservations. Because for every reservation now, they want your name, your address, your phone number. Then, if that's 
time's not available for what you want and you want to search again, they've got to enter the name, address, and phone number for the new time or the new restaurant you want. Are you kidding? Remember we told you they were going to do something to stop people from double booking? They have. They've completely mucked it up. Mm Mm-hmm. Try and call and make a reservation. Just try I did. any day. I, I tried for Stella, Grace's birthday. She wanted to eat the Crystal Palace, and I sat on. I I was online for over an hour on and got nobody on hold. And That's I ended crazy. up giving it up, saying sorry. Willie did cause my they're, 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 they're telling us it's taking two and three hours to make two reservations. Yeah. Wow. And didn't they also say that now you can't just say like a time? The computer goes in and and tells you like what's available. Right. So you can't say, like, give me 2 o'clock. It has to go look and see. I'm assuming they're working on fixing this. Oh, sure. They have their crack internet team working on this one. Really? Tweedledee and Tweedledee? (laughs) You mean their internet team on crack? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Just more more accurate. I predict when they open it up to online, it's going to crash as soon as it... Well, everything they do online crashes. I want to say thank you to Rich. Rich sent in actually just a plain donation to give kids the world... Instead of doing a shirt order, he sent us a check. That's very nice. A donation, I thought it was very nice. Which is a nice guy. He is. Much He's a real nice guy. So, All right, that is going to do it. Before before we leave, I forgot to mention, I think that my uh, email is from Sue Coppola. I don't think I mentioned who it was from. So, Oh, okay. Thanks, Sue. Thanks, Sue. <laughs> <laughs> Better late than never, I guess. <laughs> All right, now that will do, unless anybody else wants to clarify anything on their emails, that will do it for this week's edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Have a great week, everybody. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes.